Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast. It's episode 119. I'm Aaron Burchell. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. But we do look into some of the items that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support us on the podcast and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. We want to say a big thank you to Ian and Liam and Romeo this week for the donations. I really appreciate that, guys. Okay, let's kick off with some news. If you remember, I mentioned the Munster GPS video went up on Charlie and Mia Camping Vlog. And if you ring them, you'll get a 10% discount. If you now go onto their website, munstergps.ie, and you go to purchase whatever one of their systems you purchase, there is a coupon code. Fill in the word Charlie there and you will get a 10% discount. Now, this is a limited offer, so hurry up, okay? I don't know how long it's going to go for, but just click on the code, fill in Charlie, and you'll get a 10% discount. Did I see, Aaron, on the video this morning, um, some of the the, the, the listeners and viewers uh, actually had picked up a couple of those? Yes, two of them that I know of. Um, Jack, actually, from from Antrim has picked up a few. I was actually talking to Tim from Munster GPS today um, about the coupon and stuff that they were setting up, and he reckons that there's about eight gone in the post and a lot of inquiries quoting the code CHARLIE. So that's a good thing. That's brilliant. Yeah, no, they're so handy. Like, and from your video, they look so easy to fit in. So I'll definitely pick one up. I have a few items on the list in front of us, like uh, getting VCR, VCVRT and stuff sorted. <laughs> Once that's over and, and done and paid for then, and I think we, we might uh, invest at that stage if I have any money left. I did mention on the video as well that I actually tracked the B-Bar um, from Athlone. The chap rang me from the, the campsite to say, look, we've picked it up. And I went, yeah, I know. And he went, how do you know? And I said, I've actually got a tracker. And it was great that I actually got to the garage where it was being dropped to about 15 minutes, even 10 minutes before the truck got there because I could actually watch it in real time from the tracker. So again, anyway, it's monstergps.ie. If you're buying any one of the trackers, it doesn't have to be for a motorhome. Just make sure you use the code CHARLIE in the coupon little button there and you'll get a 10% discount. Right, listeners, messages and shout outs. Quite a busy one this week. It sure is, yeah, yeah. Ivan Yalop asks us a question there about bringing a 95 Fiat Ducato motorhome to France. He says, hi, guys, just looking for some advice. I've recently bought a 95 Fiat Ducato campervan. I'm half thinking of bringing it to France next year. My question to you and your listeners is, would a van of this age be capable of making a trip like this? I'm only thinking of northern France because of the World War II history, etc. So maybe only a couple of hours drives in Cherbourg. What should I look out for as regards the checks on my van before I go? The engine was given a serious overhaul by the previous owners, which included timing belt, water pump, etc. I'd hate to break down over there. The van drives beautifully, and so far it's given no issues. Any advice would be appreciated. I'm still catching up on your podcast. Thanks, guys, and great hints and tips. I would say to Ivan, go for it. Maybe get the van serviced a week or 10 days before you go. If it's DOE'd, you should, you know, it should be okay. We took two 1996 Fiat Heimers to France, one on our honeymoon, and we drove right down to Bay Ritz and then worked our way back up with no issues. And then we took the tag axle to Spain and Portugal. And again, now I had an issue before we went with the tag axle where it was right-hand drive with the Fiat Heimer and we broke the clutch cable and a right-hand drive clutch cable couldn't be got. So I had to get a clutch cable made. So I got two made. 
and I brought the second one with me. But our two ninety sixes down there, the heat, no problem. Plus, I was towing the car the second time. I would say to him, get it serviced. Look, look over a week or ten days before you go. And you know, if at that age you can't get re is a repatriation cover. Usually, a twenty year old van is as old as they go to you know to get extra cover on your insurance. However. I think go for it and have a good time and let us know how you got on. It sounds like he's sticking to a particular area as well. And that's the mm-hmm. area we went. We went to France as well around Cherbourg. We stayed over by Mont Saint-Michel and used that as our base and travelled around. So maybe what I would say is plan the journey, know exactly where he's going to be for that. Maybe not travel around too much, maybe base yourself in an area. Then before you go, look up the local recovery services and garages as well. So you have somebody to call while you're there. So you're not going to be left left stuck. And, you know, I, I don't mean ring every garage. You have the number mm-hmm. for every garage between Sherbrooke and wherever you go. But, you know, it's, it's probably about a, a two-hour drive down. So maybe have one local to Sherbrooke and one local to where you're travelling to. And I think you should be fine. Like, you know, I suppose if we were all afraid to to get into our, our campers yeah. and, and not go, we, we'd never go out. So, look, no, nothing I ventured, think that, nothing gained. That... I think you're okay. You probably put the mockers on yourself now, Ivan. That's the only thing in getting us to chat about it. But in general, I wouldn't be worried. 95 and the Fiat Ducatos, I think 70% of motorhomes are Fiat Ducatos. So if you do break down, there's somebody within a stone's throw will be able to fix your problem. If you remember last week, Adrian was on about the 32-inch smart TV that he got for his caravan, stating that it had satellite and it had everything under one remote control. And we mentioned that we always thank Adrian and Dennis because they are our gadget kings. Well, Dennis got on to me the next morning and said, hey, Aaron, I'm just after listening to the podcast this morning and I have the same Android TV that Adrian was talking about, but it's in our kitchen. It's an excellent TV. But I was saying it's a flipping 32 inch. And he went on to say, but there is a smaller one available for motorhomes. I have this link from last year. I'll give it to you if you want to check it out. This is cpcireland.farnell.com. And if you just look up the Celio, C-E-L-L-O, 24-inch smart TV. It's still a big telly for a motorhome. The code for that as well, if you want that specific TV, if you search for C2420G, that's the exact model that, um, that Dennis has suggested. It looks like a lovely little TV as well. You know, have you got the TV press? Like we have the TV press that my little 14-inch TV is in. In fact, it might actually be a 12-inch. He did go on to say he's just waiting for his telly to pack in in the kitchen. Like you, he's got other things to spend money on first, but he said it's on his wish list. But uh, best of luck, guys. And again, Adrian, thank you. If you want to listen back to last week's podcast, we were talking about 32-inch TV that has everything on it. That particular TV as well that Dennis mentioned, I'm looking to price wise, it's 222 euros as well. So a little bit pricey, but, you know, if you want something that's that has all the bells and whistles mm-hmm. on it in terms of the Internet television and the Sayer view and, and all of that, um, I think it'd be well worth it. It'll be a small change when you when you get the use out of it. Now, Simon Q was on to you during the week. Yeah, um, he got in touch with me uh, over Instagram uh, in a direct message. He said, hi, guys, quick one for you. Need to bring the van to the NCT centre for its CVRT. He says uh, it's a new van that he just got. He says um, can't drive the van without insurance and can't get it insured without the CVRT. Any advice? I think Simon, you might remember, was on to us last week and he bought a UK reg. So he's just transferring it over. 
I had suggested that the way I collected the B-Ball from Clara was get a mechanic because the mechanic has open insurance. So it might cost you 20 or 30 quid or you might have a buddy that has mechanics insurance. That is one way to get it to your, your DOE centre. Yeah, he actually got sort of emailed me afterwards. He says, hi, Chris, I got onto the insurance company and he said they've actually provisionally insured it until we get the VRT and CVRT. Wow. So I think. That's probably the best possible result that, you know, they will cover him, obviously, in good faith. He probably has a, a time limit, a number of days to get that sorted. So, you know, the fact that they're doing that, that's, that's, that's really good. I would love to hear from other listeners. Have you had the same experience that your insurance company did actually cover you, be it only for 24, 48 or 72 hours? Please do get in touch. You might remember last week I asked how many people would actually bring a car with them when they go camping. You know, not towing a car, but actually drive a car and... Um, we got a message in from Pat Curtin and he says, um, lads, the only job for traveling around your motorhome is bringing a Vespa. He said it, it's the only way to travel, especially when, when we can get back on the continent. So he sent us on a, a fab photo of that Vespa. It's a, a beautiful um, uh, piece of machinery. It's it's like, a, how would you describe it's, it? Real Italian look. It's Vespa. classic. It is classic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is classic. Yeah, you see a few people. In fact, we were asked questions, I think, last year. Uh, where could people get bike racks made? You know, I towed the smart car around on a trailer for a while and I see a couple of people towing maybe one or two motorbikes on a small trailer. Trailers can be awkward. So if you could get a bike rack, because the chances of you having two mopeds are slim, to be honest, you know. So if you could get a bike rack made again, we'd love to know, did you get one made so we can just file it? And if anybody ever asked a question again, we'd love to be able to answer that question. You need a pretty sizable motorhome i would say aaron if you're going to put a, a bike on the back wait no, i've seen them you? on the back of yours no i have seen one on on, on the back of, of small heimers yeah i've seen them on the back of big ones but no i've seen them on the back of vans our size it's just i suppose you've got to get a good hitch you can't just go to your buddy and say mick weld me up an owl hitch you now have to get an actual accredited make of hitch and then it's just there are so many different lightweight options out there but no i think you you stick them on the back you again you've got to take your weight into account you know if you're yeah. the 3500 and then you've got to take the weight of the bike into account it's a fantastic option if you can carry it great just to pull up mm-hmm. somewhere leave the motorhome there jump on the bike whether you've got one each or a two person off you go in around the town and looking at the local sites and stuff it, it, it's fantastic is that not the same as having two electric bikes? You know, is an electric yeah. bike a cheaper option? Um, you know, you know, it's, no it's, no it's quite a different option, I suppose, you mm. know, in terms of speed limits and things like that. And I suppose distance travelled as well. Yeah, you could go a lot further on the Vespa than you could on your electric bike. But it is. Yeah. And that that's a beautiful bike. Uh, well, where with that one, Pat, because she is. She looks lovely. Super. So we're over to campsites. Uh, you've got a rev- uh, an actual campsite review up next this, this Friday. Aaron. Have you? Yes, uh, today's video is all about, as we mentioned earlier on, the B-Bar breaking down because I want to be honest with you guys and keep you updated. But this week, it's no, it's not a campsite, it's an air. We went oh. to Walsh's Farm in Blackwater in County Wexford. It's a working farm. It's a fabulous air. And that video goes up youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog, nine o'clock on Friday. That's it. Now, yeah, it's great to be back camping and seeing some new campsites getting to, to see them, uh, albeit from behind our computer screen. Uh, can't wait to get out and look at some of those. Yeah, getting ready for our holidays as well, of course, which I won't be recording 
of the three campsites. I think I'm only recording the last one, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a bit of a busman's holiday, but looking forward to it. It's been great to get out. In fact, yesterday, Tuesday, myself and Charlie went off to a new campsite in Lungarvan, and that video will be coming up very soon as well, and more details about that later on. Yeah, I'd say all those videos that you're making out this week and next weekend that would be amazing with the sunshine and the great weather we're having, like, you know. Yeah, we'd be all watching them in, in August, September, October in the lashings of rain and saying, <laughs> oh, we should have went, took our holidays then. But the weather has been great. People, I hope you are getting out, but please, the sunscreen, because they're saying, like, tonight, Wednesday's temperatures are to be 20 degrees. I've got a big fan here in the studio beside me. I've got a ceiling fan on and the windows open, and I know I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's just too hot. Okay, so we'll go to products, tips and camming hacks then. And um, we got a, a great mail there from uh, from the Instagram account, Doreen Doblo. We mentioned those uh, on a recent podcast as well. So they sent us a message uh, on Instagram. It says, hi, guys. I heard you say last week you were having um, a tenting section. There are two items I couldn't live without. Uh, I'm in a micro camper with no leisure battery or running water. So I'm almost a camper. <laughs> the first product is my Lucy rechargeable light. This is 45 euros in Decathlon. Um, I left it outside for a few hours today and it's fully charged. And it also works as a power bank as well. It's inflatable, it's, it's inflatable, so it packs up very small. How would you describe that? It's like um, maybe the size of a tin of beans, that kind yeah. of like a collapsible, a collapsible yeah. light. Um, so it's got a solar panel on one side and a reverse of the solar panel. It's got the LED lights that shine into the clear plastic. It's, it's fabulous. And then the fact that if you're not using it as a light when it's collapsed and it's charging in the sun, you can plug in a USB and charge your phone off it while it's charging in the sun. It's absolutely fabulous. Will you tweet a picture of that later on? Definitely. Yeah. And it's fully waterproof as well. And like I said, you can charge your phone off it, but you'll get that in decathlon.ie. And on Decathlon, it's called Solar Camping Lamp, Lucy, L-U-C-I, Outdoor 2.0 Pro. So she gave us another item then as well. The other item is a, a coffee slash hot water dispenser. You see these in conference or event rooms where they provide tea and coffee. You know, the ones you push down on the um, on the top of them for milk um, or, or the, the tea or the coffee. She says, but I use it for cold water. It's from Thermos. 35 euro, and it's 35 euros in Argos and it means you have a good strong flow of water uh, in a tent essential for brushing your teeth etc I have a big water water canister with me as well and I refill it from that if I put ice in it it stays cold all day essential I'm camping in a car in this current heat wow yeah you'd see them uh, at a buffet usually for the for the coffee milk um tea yeah they're brilliant again 35 quid worth it and the brand is thermos and available in argos and a great idea throw in a couple of ice cubes and you've got chilled water all day long especially again when you don't have the space like because she's in a micro camper or if you're traveling with a tent it's a super little camping um camping hack and tip as well like you know for such a small device you've got chilled water or even warm water or whatever you want mm. um, for a whole day, I would say, like, you know. So she finishes by saying, keep up the great work with the podcast. So that's great. Look, thanks for that, guys. I really appreciate it. So we'll move on to things to do while camping. And this week's 
topic, I suppose, is inspired by Martin Dory, who we interviewed a, a number of podcasts back about his um, series of books, Take the Slow Road. And Martin is an avid green campaigner, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to suggest this week, if you're camping with your family or with other campers near a beach or forest or in the countryside or anywhere, maybe it'd be a good idea to organise a beach cleaner, a forest cleaner or a, a, a kind of a clean up. You could bring the kids and challenge the kids, make a challenge out of it. Possibly, you know, for every 10 pieces of rubbish collected, you get you get to melt marshmallows that evening over the fire or you get treats or, or you know, just get that feel good factor for helping the environment and helping keeping it clean and get a, a lot of junk uh, uh, off from our countryside, our beaches and forests. I don't know where I saw it recently, but I did see a sign outside a coffee shop with a bag of black sacks saying one black sack equals a free coffee. If you clean the beach, it could have been in Tremor that I saw it recently. Very clever. Yeah, that's really good. But look, just trying to encourage to, to go and do what you can. And let's promote campers mm-hmm. and show people that campers can be green, can be environmentally friendly. And the very, very small few people uh, yeah. uh, in our community that that don't kind of clean up at us or do junk dump rubbish very much don't represent all of us. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. We're not of the same milk. So that's a good one. Host a beach or a forest clean. And if you do do it and you get photographs of the kids standing there with four or five bags, please do send it to us. And we'd love to put it out on our Instagram and our Twitter account. And we'll give you all the contact details in a couple of minutes. Right. We finish up with Camp Life and Mark and Anne were on asking a question. Yeah, this one now might um, be a, a good conversation generator. I suspect that um, different people will have different opinions on this. So let me read out Mark and and Anne's email because it's really good. Hi, Chris and Aaron. Just an observation. Having recently returned to camping life, now in a camper van, having been in a trailer tent for many years in a previous life, we see standards have dropped considerably. There seems to be no etiquette anymore and no regard to fellow campers. People just walk through pitches rather than follow the road around the site. They don't follow campsite rules. Dogs roam freely. Kids let loose without any control. How times have changed. We would be very interested in your thoughts on the issue of standards and etiquette. Or are we just old fashioned? We're only in our mid 50s. Best regards, Mark and Anne. So I, I just got back to Mark and Anne and I just asked them about where their particular sites mm-hmm. or places that kind of you spotted this lack of uh, standards and etiquette so uh, they said thanks for coming back to us our observations come from across the board we've stayed on many sites from air type fields to top sites mostly around the east southeast and west and we agree most issues arise from the cheaper and busier sites we feel this is not really a reflection of the site operators but more an attitude of the campers themselves the recent influx of new people into our lifestyle. And don't get us wrong, most are lovely people and it's great to see them out enjoying the freedom which it encompasses. There are a number, however, which don't know or understand or endorse the etiquette or good manners which we all seem to adhere to. We could name the sites, but to be honest, as we said, we feel it's not an owner-operator issue. However, they want to hear people's opinions. So looking forward to to hearing what your listeners and yourselves have to say uh, on that topic. Off you go, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it happens. I haven't seen it happen as much. It, it is an ilk of mine that if we're sitting somewhere and somebody does blatantly walk between my motorhome and our gazebo and make their way to wherever they're going, that does annoy me. OK, my pet hate is dogs not on leads. They should be on leads. We do it and 
they just should be and that's it whether you're in an airfield or whether you're in a campsite that's that one children roaming around if it's a campsite that's full of children they're just having fun you know let kids be kids if, if as long as curfews are being adhered to that the kids are kind of all quiet by nine o'clock and then the adults by 11. i haven't seen it as much a problem on campsites because we have our pitch and like for example let's say Camac valley you can't roam between pitches because they're hedged off blarney would be very very similar so i suppose it depends and now with the campsites being full and you want to get from a to b if it's as handy to kind of walk by chris's camper people will i don't think seasoned campers do it i do think that seasoned campers live by the etiquette or the code and don't do it that's in my opinion i haven't seen it happen much not on campsites i suppose the specific issues um you know the, the kids running and people not just kids but people going through crossing over sites i i feel yes it does happen i've seen it happen on mm-hmm. lots of campsites ourselves but i think it's actually probably more down to the design and the layout of the camper so they mentioned they mentioned the busier campsites mm-hmm. um uh, you know uh, maybe the lower cost ones so the lower cost ones are, are probably there are more vans maybe on the sites Yes. You know, there's less section off, less hedgerows, less pitches. You know, per if se. you were a kid and there's a beach in front of you, you're not going to go all around the campus. No, you're no. going to go straight you're to going it. Going to go from I a know. To B. I've certainly done on different sites myself, but you know what I don't do is I don't walk past somebody's front door. I go as far away if mm-hmm. I'm cutting between two two campers to get to a place. You know, like maybe in, in car parks and different camp park areas. You know, where you it might be just it's easy to go as the crow flies. So yeah. I see a lot of people on different sites that are laid out like that. What a lot of people do is they put up windbreakers yes. to deter and to um, it's almost like a a way of redirecting people in to the far certain... side of their van. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did find that I would be guilty of this. Now, I've just thought of it last year, Mannix Point, where the tents like we were on our pitch and all the motorhomes and caravans were on their pitches. But behind us, there was a field with tents. Now, there was a cut away for me to walk through that field to get to the toilet block. But because tents don't really have designated pitches like motorhomes and caravans, you know, you just they have a field and you pitch your tent. I was stepping over guide ropes, but I wouldn't have walked in front of their front door. I would have tried to go sidestep to the side. Like I said, I wouldn't go in front of the front of a motorhome, the door or the tent. But I do know in Mannix Point, I did walk through tents. And I suppose to talk about kind of the general etiquette and just good manners, uh, as um, as Mark and Anne said, you know, I think that comes down to the, to, to, to the people themselves. There are people yeah. who will respect campers. And I would say 99 people out of 100 absolutely go out of the way. Everyone is completely different. So you'll always get people who have a different attitude. And it's just something we're going to have to live with, um, put mm-hmm. up with and, and kind of manage slightly with your windbreaker or you know whichever yeah. way but yeah. you know like you said dogs on lead as well i agree like you know oh, it's my pet that's my i that that annoys me more than paying for showers the paying for showers thing doesn't bother me anymore um my reason as well is where the dogs are it's a part of dogs on lead you could have the friendliest dog in the world mm-hmm. but if somebody is afraid of dogs and i know lots of people that are afraid of dogs you know they're walking past your site they don't know that your dog is friendly yeah. they're terrified of dogs yeah. so uh, you're you literally putting them on the lead for those so they're not going to be scared or anxious on a campsite please people whether you've one two three dogs please do your best to keep them on the lead for the reason that chris said not everybody 
likes dogs. Not so much likes dogs, but people are afraid of dogs. I'm going to redirect people to our webpage, thecampingcrew.ie. Up there on thecampingcrew.ie, we have the camping code. So if you go to, to that site, look up the camping code. It's, there's a link to it right there at the top of the page. Um, this is a code myself, Aaron, and some of the listeners put together. There's seven points, you know, which if you follow those, um, and I'll probably tweet it out again, actually, it's been a while mm-hmm. since I did, but um, it's got a lot of the points we raised. Uh, I'm raised probably every week as well, but look, Mark and Adam, that was a fantastic topic to talk about. Yeah. What we'd love to do now is we want to hear the rest of the listeners' view. So if you've got a view or an opinion, has etiquette dropped? Have standards dropped? Um, let us know. Uh, I think it would be a nice topic to keep going over the next few weeks. I'm sure people are out there camping as well now and they're seeing the best uh, and the worst of people as, yeah. as camping as, is going and, on. And sites know. are getting busier as well, I suppose. So you could have been just unfortunate, Mark and Anne, but I doubt it if we're just talking about one campsite, one camping trip. So you could have been just unfortunate. But as Chris said, we would love to hear from you guys. So if you want to get your messages, your ideas, campsite suggestions, reviews, product reviews, anything at all that you'd like us to chat about, please do get in touch. And remember, we've got stickers for your motorhome, your campervan, your caravan and your car. And all we need is your name, address and your postcode or your air code. And Chris will now give you the contact details. As I said earlier, our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com on twitter we're at the camping crew on instagram we're at the camping crew podcast on facebook you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups on forums online you'll find us at motorhomecrack.com on boards.ie and we're also on campsitereview.com that's our sister website we have a forum there we just free and always will be and then of course every friday some wednesdays but every friday we do a campsite review on youtube.com forward slash charlie and me our camping vlog that is it that is episode 119 finished we are well and truly into the summer with the weather that we're having now hopefully you guys and girls are getting out camping we would love your campsite reviews please if you do join and a lot of activity on campsitereview.com over the past couple of weeks and we will on next week's show give you another campsite review from one of our four members from me Aaron Birchall stay safe and enjoy your holidays and have a good time and it's a goodbye from me Chris as well and we hope you're liking the podcast if you are please subscribe and most importantly tell your camping friends all about us well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping